I'm your host, Kurt Sandig, and welcome to Paranormal Almanac. That's right, I am your host, Kurt Sandvig, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, we'll be talking about a listener suggestion, Skinwalker Ranch, which is very different from Skywalker Ranch, in case you didn't know. The best way to tell you what Skinwalker Ranch is, is to just jump in. Skinwalker Ranch, also known as Sherman Ranch, but that's not nearly as exciting, is a property located on approximately 480 acres in the southeast of Ballard, Utah. And this seemingly normal-looking ranch is the epicenter of enormous extraterrestrial activity. Not just a few odd paranormal things, but decade after decade of extraordinarily high number of UFO sightings and paranormal phenomena. But let's go back to the beginning a little bit. At least as far back as the Shermans. In 1994... Terry and Gwen Sherman and their children moved themselves and their cattle onto the 480-acre ranch. And within just two years, they had sold the ranch because of all the strange happenings they witnessed on it. These were just regular ranchers who finally bought the land that they had always wanted so they could raise and sell cattle. They weren't looking for anything paranormal, and not surprisingly, they did not know how to deal with it. And once I tell you some of these stories... I gotta be honest, I don't think I would know how to deal with it. Terry Sherman told the Desert News in 1996, For a long time we wondered what we were seeing, if it was something to do with Top Secret Project or the military. I don't really know what to think about our experiences on the ranch. What experiences is he talking about? Well, here's just a couple of examples, but don't worry, there'll be more later on. The family described a ship the size of multiple football fields with strange blinking lights. This UFO flew directly over the ranch. Now, this seems to be very reminiscent of the Phoenix Lights. So, this ginormous, multiple football field UFO flew directly over them. There's no way to mistake Venus or or a spy plane or a B-2 bomber. This thing is huge. The soil on their fields had large impressions flattened into the grass, and in case you can't figure out what that means, crop circles. Cows would disappear into thin air, and others would be found killed and mutilated. And from what I can tell, this seems to be, if not the genesis of cattle mutilation, one of the most prominent, earliest occurrences of cattle mutilation out there. One night, while checking on his cattle, Terry saw a silent glowing object passing above the trees. A few days later, Gwen saw another unexplained flying object, and it looked like headlights, but they were a little ways away from the aircraft. She said it just lit up the whole side of the mountain like it was broad daylight. Terry started examining his odd cattle deaths more closely. The first cow found dead, again shortly after UFO sighting, showed only a hole in the center of its left eyeball. Predators had not touched the carcass, and Sherman noted a chemical smell in the vicinity. A short time later, a second cow was found dead with the exact same kind of hole in the left eyeball. Now, Terry said this was definitely not a bullet hole. He couldn't explain it. So with both animals, Terry had taken a wire and inserted it into the hole to gauge its depth. In both cases... The wire slipped in easily to the center of the brain. In one instance, Terry followed the tracks of a cow in fresh snow. 
The tracks just stopped under some trees at the edge of a field. Now, the area around the animal's last steps was surrounded by a circle of fresh twigs and branches, which Terry could see had come from the trees above. So this cow had been teleported. It has all the classic UFOs. We got cattle mutilations. We got, we got cow abductions. It seems to be all the classic UFO activity up till this point, including the cattle mutilation and the cow being sucked up into the UFO. But this next one is anything but typical. In fact, I can't even explain it. During the summer, Terry, his son, and his nephew heard unintelligible voices while standing in a nearby pasture. They looked up, they looked around, they could not see anything in the sky, and there was nothing around them. At first they thought they heard the echoes of maybe a CB radio off in the distance, but the sound emanated out of the air directly above them. As they listened more closely, they could distinctly hear two voices speaking in an unknown language. Now, Terry described it as choppy and halting, like a cross between Russian and Native American. One voice had a deep resonant tone, and the other was higher pitched. Terry actually yelled into the air, We can hear you! The voices stopped momentarily, and the deeper voice broke into a low, rumbling laugh. Then the conversation went on just as before. See what I mean about that one? That is not your typical UFO, not your typical paranormal doesn't seem to be a ghost. What the hell was it? A rift in time-space? What was it? And how come the voices, who seemed to hear Terry as well, laughed and then continued talking? So that one I can't explain at all. But let's get on to some more. By the fall, events seem to be moving towards a climax, if you will. Seeing the same lights in a field one night, Gwen grabbed her binoculars, and focusing in, she was shocked to see a square, lighted structure sitting on the ground. Before the light blinked out, Gwen caught a glimpse of a, quote, large, heavy-set individual seated in the object. A short time later, the craft reappeared again, and this time both she and Terry watched through a 60-power spotting scope. They could see a figure standing next to the object that Terry described was over seven feet tall and a person decked out in a totally black uniform, and this man was huge. The Shermans noted that the being appeared to have a visor or something shiny on its face because of the way the lights glinted from its head area. So again, not your typical UFO, not your typical paranormal on that one. Now remember, these people were cattle ranchers just trying to make a living selling their cattle, but in total, 14 cattle were taken from the 80-head herd. And it wasn't just cattle that were taken as well. Sadly, three of their dogs were never seen again after chasing a bouncing ball of light. Terry had heard a yelp, and then the dogs were never seen again. When he went out to investigate, he found like a small waxy substance or powdery substance in three spots where the dog's tracks ended. Now, you might be asking, why did all of this activity just kind of spark up when the Sherman family bought the ranch? Well, it didn't, actually. A local retired high school teacher named Joseph Hicks had been researching the area's paranormal sightings since first observing a flying object with his students in 1951. So this story goes back almost to the early days of the United States UFO activity. And another pre-Sherman sighting happened in 1978, and there's a Desert News article that detailed one with multiple witnesses who identified a flying saucer floating over the village around 10 miles from the ranch. 
But let's go even further back. The ranch borders the Ute Indian Reservation, and researchers found that the Native American Ute tribe had called the area home for thousands of years, but they had folklore of mysterious skinwalker creatures, hence the ranch's nickname. And I'm going to get into what skinwalker creatures are in just a little bit, so I want to keep moving forward. And it's not just the locals who saw things. A scientist report by Frank Salisbury and Joseph Jr. Hicks, which details an earlier investigation into alleged UFO sightings in the same region. In fact, they saw or investigated evidence of close to 100 incidents that included vanishing and mutilated cattle, sightings of UFOs or orbs, large animals with piercing red eyes that they said were not injured when struck by bullets, I'll talk about that one in a minute as well, and invisible objects emitting destructive magnetic fields. In fact, in 2002, Hicks told another journalist that the region was so rife with extraterrestrial occurrences that an estimated half of the population had witnessed UFO activity. But like I said earlier, the Shermans only had this quote-unquote cursed land for less than two years. So how did they get rid of it? Who would buy this? Who would want to buy this land? Well, the person who bought it bought it because of the paranormal and UFO activity. The man who bought it had been interested in UFO phenomena since he was a kid, and his family openly talked about seeing UFOs. In fact, the buyer's grandparents first saw a UFO in 1947 when driving across the Nevada desert. He figured this was his best chance to prove the existence of UFOs and alien visitations to the Earth. So who was this guy? Well, his name is Robert T. Bigelow. And if you don't recognize that name right away, you'll know him by how he got his wealth. Robert T. Bigelow made his fortune in the Budget Suites of America hotel chain. That's right, every time you see a budget inn, just know that the man responsible for them is a hardcore believer in aliens, UFOs, and the paranormal. In fact, he spent millions of dollars of his own money on paranormal research. So this is not just some guy who's interested in it, he's trying to prove it scientifically. The year before he purchased the ranch for $200,000, he had poured millions of dollars of his own money into founding the National Institute of Discovery Science, or NIDS. And this is a scientifically strict research lab to investigate extraterrestrial activity. And another reason you might know the name Robert T. Bigelow is because I talked about him just a few episodes ago in the Disclosure episode. When we were talking about UFO disclosure and the documents that were released recently, well... That's partially because of Robert T. Bigelow's work. Now, Bigelow was excited to get his team going at the Skinwalker Ranch, so he moved the team right away. NIDS quickly built an observation post, strung the property with video cameras, and hired researchers to observe it 24 hours a day, turning it into what he always wanted, a scientific research laboratory. I know you're probably wondering, well, did a scientific look at the ranch yield any results? Because you know as well as I do, that's usually when things go quiet or quickly get debunked. Well, Bigelow and his team chronicled multiple bizarre events, including otherworldly animals. So let's talk about what the team did see. First up, they saw a wolf. And I'm sure you're going, big deal, it's a ranch, there should be wolves. Well, this particular wolf, which was also seen by the Shermans, by the way, is three times the size of a normal wolf. And... And it can't be killed by bullets. And like I said, this wolf has made multiple appearances 
both with the Shermans and with the research team. The next up, more crop circles. Just like the Shermans, the research team would find crop circles in the fields. This next one take with a huge grain of salt because I can only find it on one website. Usually when I do my research, if I can find the same story over and over and over again on reputable websites, I'll include it into the podcast. But on this specific story, there was only one site, and I'm not 100% sure I trust it. So, again, take this one with a grain of salt. The next thing they saw was a giant killer bird. The story goes, one night the research team went to go inspect the property after hearing the sounds of dogs barking in the distance and they came across a distressed cow hiding under a tree all by itself. When the men got out of their truck, the headlights revealed a pair of large, glowing, amber eyes in the tree above the cow. Now, they were hoping or assuming it was just a large cat, so they shot in its general direction to spook it out of the tree. And after the second shot was fired, the eyes disappeared. They searched the area, but could find no trace of the animal that was in the tree. They continued to search into the night when they found something kind of bizarre. They found what appeared to be the print of a large, giant bird of prey. The print was nearly six inches in diameter, with two sharp claw marks protruding from the rear of the print. They found another print 20 feet away, and judging by the depth of the print in the snow, they determined this animal was huge, heavy, and unlike anything in that area. But again... Take that one with a grain of salt. And this next one is mind-boggling as well. Just kind of like those voices, this next one is very bizarre. But it's also very specific, because we have dates for this one. On August 25th, 1997, researchers who were on the bluff overlooking Skinwalker Ranch, they were up there hoping to observe paranormal activity, and boy did they. They all of a sudden saw a very small, yellowish light... While they were focusing on that light, they noticed that it was slowly growing, slowly growing, and it was hovering about a foot or two over the ground. And that's when the light did something they did not expect. When it grew, they realized it was actually a tunnel coming from nowhere. And that's when they saw what was coming out of the tunnel. They saw something inside the tunnel crawling on its elbows, and it was a black creature with no face. The creature crawled out of the portal, stood up, and simply walked away into the woods. When that creature was out of sight, the portal disappeared. So I don't even know what to make of this weird portal from hell thing, or what that black creature with no face was. But that's Skinwalker Ranch for you. And speaking of skinwalkers, here we go. In Native American culture, a skinwalker is an evil witch that can turn into or disguise themselves as an animal. Apparently, all these evil creatures that have been seen on the ranch over the thousand years, well, they're an evil witch that can turn themselves into or disguise themselves as an animal. They're skinwalkers. Now, it wasn't just bizarre creatures. They saw UFOs. And a lot of them. The research team saw pyramid-shaped UFOs, box-shaped UFOs, a 40-foot-long UFO, not to mention that huge multiple football field-sized UFO that the Shermans had also saw. So sure, a couple of these UFOs could easily be top-secret military vehicles. But I don't think we have a 40-foot-long top-secret military vehicle. Not that I'm aware of, anyway. And I know we don't have a top-secret military vehicle that is multiple football fields long. 
Robert Bigelow told Wired Magazine, I have an enormous amount of data from a lot of different resources that give me some pretty strong convictions about the authenticity and the existence of UFOs. Now, in case you're thinking it's just some firm believer billionaire wearing a tinfoil hat on a ranch, well, the team at the ranch included Colonel John Alexander, a NATO advisor who previously headed the non-lethal weapons testing at the Los Alamos National Library. So these were scientific minds. So even though they saw all these weird creatures and all these UFOs, the sightings started to diminish until they just about stopped. So in 2004, NIDS shut down. In its final findings, it concluded the type of objects spotted flying over Utah and elsewhere were not consistent with covert American military aircraft. And like I said, these guys knew what they were talking about. Bigelow didn't give up, though. He moved his focus into space tourism, starting Bigelow Aerospace, a company that has struck deals with NASA. Now, it's kind of hard to find out if Bigelow still owns Skinwalker Ranch, but it does seem like he still owns it. I can't find any records of them selling the ranch or anything like that, so even though NIDS has closed down, it does seem like Bigelow still owns it. So, in case Robert T. Bigelow is listening, I have a free suggestion for you. You already have the cameras set up. Why not make a website for Skinwalker Ranch where the cameras are live webcams that we can watch anytime we want? We can go to it. Everybody can watch it. You'd have a lot of eyes on your ranch. And if we saw something, we could flag that. Just a suggestion, but I hope you take it because I would love to go to that website. Also, in case you are listening, sir, I would love to stay at Skinwalker Ranch and do a Paranormal Almanac episode there. I think it would be fantastic. I think it would be interesting. And it probably would terrify me, but I know I'd love it. So, here you go, guys. We're at this part of the podcast. What do you guys think? What's with all the weird paranormal stuff at Skinwalker Ranch? What was that disembodied conversation that the Shermans heard? That one still boggles my mind. Why all the activity around this ranch? Now, some people think it might have something to do with the geological makeup of the ground in the area. Besides possible limestone deposits, which we know cause paranormal activity, there's also flowing water underneath, which, again, we know causes paranormal activity. But even more interesting, there are underground pools of petroleum that as they were being drained, the activity slowed down. Now, it's a very interesting theory. It's not mine. I found it online. And it is really interesting, but I don't know how we're going to be able to prove that one. So you just heard me tell, hopefully, Robert T. Bigelow that I would love to stay at the ranch. How about you guys? Would you stay a night at the ranch? And if so... Would you go out at night and walk around the area? So once again, thank you so much to listener Rose for this suggestion. It was a fantastic one. This was a story that I wanted to do anyway, and I loved that it was suggested by the listeners. Also, just a heads up, in the next upcoming few months, Rose is going to come with me for a paranormal investigation. I can't wait. I think it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait to tell you more about it, but I'm not going to do it now. You're going to have to wait and see. But Rose and I are going to go and investigate something we both wanted to do. As always, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and this has been a listener edition of Paranormal Almanac. Paranormal Almanac.